is that we do sing the old Christmas hymns. You know, much of the church today has lost that deep, deep theology. And so if you don't know those songs very well, you didn't grow up in a church that sang a lot of those songs, before next Christmas, I challenge you, sometime in the fall, start listening to them on repeat. You know, drop this secular music uh, that, that we all love so much and it has so much tradition built around it. And drink in the deep theology of this day. Grace Fellowship, Jesus Christ, our Lord, was born in the flesh, the eternal God, God with us, God saves. And because he was born, we, through him, can be born to eternal life, to never taste the fullness of death again. He tasted our death that we might have his life. Amen? And that's what we celebrate today. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, eternal God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, who before all time began, set down a plan to redeem your people from among all the earth, who before time began, called for the death of your own Son, before time began, God the Son, you willingly, joyfully, excitedly embraced death that we might live. And Holy Spirit, you empowered it all. Working alongside the Father and the Son, you have brought together the greatest gift, the greatest story that has ever been told or given. And so we praise you this morning. We ask that you would be with us now. As we go into this story, that you would cause our minds to really fixate and to fasten hard to the truth of your coming for us. Jesus, we love you because you have loved us. It's in your great name we pray. Amen. This morning we will do something a little different for us, but hopefully special and meaningful for all of us. And I want to say from the outset, if you have a little one and, and, and you're a little worried about it, don't worry about it. You know, we said on the podcast several weeks ago, and we mean this. Jesus said, let the children come to me. When Jesus Christ preached every message he ever preached, can you imagine the raucous crowd that he stood before? Children running and playing. I imagine there were some brawls and fights that broke out among the five-year-olds in the back. There was probably all kinds of things happening. They didn't usher their children out. They kept their children with them. And, and the only time the Lord rebuked something about that was when people tried to keep the children from him. So if you're near a child and you hear them, just thank God for them. You get to go to church with a church full of babies and young children and life. And our Lord wants them. He loves them. And then to the children, I would say, this story hopefully will capture your thoughts about our Lord and help you to see the historical nature of the fact that Jesus came to us. And so I want you to pay close attention today. And hopefully you got a children's bulletin, but if you didn't, you know, you can mark down some words today. You can mark down some words. Maybe try to write down your favorite name that you hear. Maybe try to write a name down and you'll probably spell it wrong and that'll be even better. So you can tell everybody at lunch what name you were trying to spell. Because there's some funny names in this story. 
And then maybe you could write down the word redemption. If you hear the word redemption, maybe you could write it down and then make some marks about it. Or king, that'd be another word you could listen for. And you can write that word and then you can make checks for it, okay? So pay close attention as we hear about the king of Israel from Ruth. A long time ago in a land far away, there was a group of special people that God had chosen for himself. Their name was Israel. And God chose them out of all of the people of the world. And he gave them a promise. He gave them a covenant. Freedom. God gave them land so that they could be happy, at peace, have lots of food, be safe from all their enemies. And all God asked from them was that they love him above all things. That they obey him and all of his commands. And as long as they did that, they could keep this wonderful gift that he had given them. But if they stopped obeying God, and if they stopped loving God, and they loved other things more than they loved God, it would cause them to be unhappy. They would face many fights. They would run short on food and lose their land to people who hated them. You see, Israel had God as their king. And he is the best king of all. He, has the one, he was the one who would lead them to all of these wonderful blessings. The saddest part of this story is that Israel loved themselves. Loved other gods. And they broke, broke all of God's loving rules. This made God sad. The people used to say, we don't have a king, so we can do whatever we want to do, whenever we want to do it, and this will make us happy. But it didn't make them happy. It left them sad, fearful, and unsafe. Today, I want to tell you a story about a family that lived during this time, how sad and defeated they felt, and how God, the best king, made a way for them to be happy forever. There was a family that lived in this land long ago and their story was saved for us in a book named Ruth. Remember that the people would often say that they didn't have a king. Well, that was sort of correct. Israel didn't have a man who sat on a throne or wore a crown and lived in a big house and had the coolest and fanciest and most expensive toys. This is where our story begins with a dad named Elimelech. Now kids, that's one of those funny names. Elimelech. In the Hebrew it means God is king. A mom named Naomi. Her name means pleasant. And two sons, Malon and Chilion. God sent a very dry season on Israel where they lived. And so Elimelech decided to leave this special land that God had given him and go to Moab so he could take care of his family. This was a good plan on the outside, but on the inside, it was a really bad plan because it meant that his family wasn't trusting God to take care of him. Elimelech was just like everyone else in Israel. He was doing whatever he wanted to do, whenever he wanted to do it. And he thought it would make him happy. 
Even though his family was doing what they wanted to do, there was a great king in Israel doing what he wanted to do so that he could bring them happiness forever. While the people had left God, the great king, God, the great king, would never leave his people. After living in Moab for a little while, Elimelech died. And this meant that Naomi was alone with her sons in land filled with people who didn't really like them very much. So Naomi was sad. Instead of going back to the land that God had given to them, Naomi had a plan of her own. She got her sons married to Moabite women. He was, she was trying to be happy again. They lived in Moab for 10 years, and at the end of 10 years, Elimelech was dead, Malon was dead, Chilion was dead. This meant that Naomi went from sad to sadder to saddest. While she was crying because of losing all of her people, she heard that God had sent rain to Israel and that they had food again for the people. Naomi decided it was better to go home since she had no hope in Moab. She told her daughter-in-laws, Orpah and Ruth, go back to your family. Go back to your gods. I don't have a husband for you. I'm going back to Israel. Orpah thought it was a really good idea because she didn't have a husband and she didn't want to leave her family. So Orpah returned to her daddy's house. But Ruth wouldn't leave Naomi. She said, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Ruth held on to Naomi and was faithful to her because she had begun to believe in her heart that the God of Israel was the true God. Ruth didn't want to do whatever was right in her own eyes. She really wanted to do what was right in God's eyes. God, the great king. When Naomi couldn't get Ruth to leave her, the two women went back to Israel to the hometown of Elimelech called Bethlehem. Now, you might know something about that little town, Bethlehem. It's going to be really important, not just in this story, but in the great big story that God is writing in the Bible. The women were so glad that Naomi came home and they were really, really ready to throw a party. But Naomi was sadder than sad. And she said, don't call me Naomi. Remember, that means pleasant. But call me Mara, which means bitter. For the Lord has given me a no good, very bad life. You have to be pretty sad to even want to change your name. Little did Naomi and Ruth know that God had a great plan for them. A great story was being woven together by God to take them from the saddest of the sad to the happiest of the happy. Naomi and Ruth settled down in Bethlehem and started to live their lives just trying to find a way to survive. You know, because things can be hard for two women without a business or a way to make money to provide food for themselves. Ruth decided to go out to the fields and pick up all the leftovers that were left in the barley and the wheat harvest. And she just happened, she just happened to go to this field where a man named Boaz owned, owned the crop. Boaz was in the family of Elimelech. 
remember the man who died that was married to Naomi. And he was a kind and gracious man. Everyone in Bethlehem knew that Boaz was a good man. When Boaz saw Ruth picking up the crops that were left behind, he said, Who is this young woman working in my field? One of his workers said to him, This is Ruth, Naomi's daughter-in-law who had returned from Moab and faithfully takes care and provides for Naomi. This made Boaz happy and he told all of his men, Take care of Ruth. Don't be mean to her. Don't stop her from picking up the leftover food. Matter of fact, give her extra food. And if she gets thirsty, let her drink with you. Whatever you do, do not put your hands on Ruth. Boaz told Ruth, stay with my men. They'll treat you well. They'll give you food to eat. They'll give you water when you're thirsty. As long as you stay here, you will be safe. This was God's way of protecting, providing, and restoring these two women who had lost their husbands. As sad as this story began, now we are beginning to see that God was working to make Naomi and Ruth happy forever. This is how it often works in our lives, kids. This is how it often works. When we're at the end of our rope, we pray and we beg God to help. And that's when we realize that God, the great king, has been working his good plans in our life all along. The harvest season was a time for Naomi and Ruth. It was a blessing. It was a great time. Every day Ruth went to the field and every day Boaz made certain she went home with more than she expected. During this time, Naomi remembered that Boaz was related to Elimelech. This meant that he could marry Ruth. And so Naomi trusted God and made a plan for Ruth. You know, dress her up, make her look pretty. So Boaz would find her attractive. Ruth took off her clothes of mourning and put on her best clothes and went to the storehouse where Boaz was resting from his work. She laid down at his feet until he woke up. And when Boaz woke up, can you imagine how surprised he was that a woman was sleeping at his feet? He asked, who is this? Who is this next to my feet? And Ruth said, I'm Ruth, your servant. Will you take me to be your wife? Will you promise to protect and provide for me and Naomi? Is it possible that we could all be one big happy family? Boaz really wanted to marry Ruth. But the law said that another relative had first chance. The other man thought he might want to redeem the land and have Naomi provided for with food. But then Boaz told him, well, there's Ruth and you'll have to marry her. And the man said, I'm not interested in being Ruth's husband. You can have her. Maybe it's a good idea if you marry Ruth. So Boaz took Ruth to be his wife. And together, they had a baby son. The people, listen to this, kids. The people in town named the baby. That's kind of funny, isn't it? Your mama and daddy gave you a name. But the people of Bethlehem gave Ruth's baby a name. Her baby boy was named Obed, which means worshiper of God. And the story that began so sadly ended with nothing but happiness. 
Naomi held the baby God had given, and in his face she could see the blessing of God. Things were pleasant for them, and God, the great king of Israel, had made the sad things happy again. This story would have been good, wouldn't it? Even if it ended right now. But it's not the end. You see, when the book of Ruth in the Bible ends, it says, So Boaz and Ruth, Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife and they had a baby. And the Lord gave her a son. The women of the, of the town <clears throat> said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a Redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. And Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him his name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse. The father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. And Ram fathered Amenadab. Amenadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. Kids, this family was special. Because God had chosen them to bring the greatest gift ever given into the world. Obed got married and had a son named Jesse. And Jesse got married and had a son named David. All of these men were born in Bethlehem. And all of them would follow God. And all of them would be part of bringing Israel a great king. When our story started, all the people of Israel were living like they had no king. They had forgotten that God was king. And each one of them wanted to do whatever made them happy. Boaz and Ruth are examples of people who did not forget God as king. They chose God's way over their own way. And the joy and happiness they received made all the sad things become untrue. God gave them a son named Obed, who would have a grandson named David. And I'm sure that most of you know who David is. Do any of the kids remember who David is? Have you ever heard of a guy named David in the Bible? I see some hands going up. Who was David? What was his job? Who can tell me? Just holler it out. He was the king of Israel. At the beginning of our story, there was no king on a throne. And then we had Obed and now we have King David on the throne in Israel. Isn't that amazing? He was the greatest king of the Old Testament. God would make a special promise to David before he died. This is what God promised. I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep. That you should be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went. And have cut off all of your enemies from before you. And I will make you a great name. Like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel. And I will plant them. So that they may dwell in their own place. And be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more. As formerly. 
from the time that I appointed judges, that's the time that Ruth lived, over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men, but my steadfast love will not depart from him as it did with Saul, whom I put away from you before you. And your house, listen to this, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. So Ruth and Boaz trusted God even when times were hard. God blessed them with a son named Obed, who would bring the nation a great king, David, who God would promise to make his great son a king above all kings forever. Isn't that amazing? And that's what God did for his people. Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David, who fathered Solomon. Solomon fathered Rehoboam. Rehoboam fathered Abijah. Abijah fathered Asa. Asa fathered Jehoshaphat. I told you some of these guys have funny names. Jehoshaphat fathered Jerem. Jerem fathered Uzziah. Uzziah fathered Jotham. Jotham fathered Ahaz. Ahaz fathered Hezekiah. Hezekiah, Hezekiah fathered Manasseh. Manasseh fathered Ammon. Ammon fathered Josiah. Josiah fathered Jeconiah and his brothers. I bet they had funny names too. Jeconiah fathered Sheltiel. Sheltiel fathered Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel fathered Abiud. Then Eliakim. Then Azor. Then Zadok. Then Akin. Then Eliud. Then Eleazar. Then Mathan. Then Jacob. And Jacob fathered Joseph, who married Mary, who was the mother of Jesus. From Boaz to Jesus whose name means God saves, took many, many years. But God did make all the sad things happy in the baby born to Joseph and Mary. All those years later, in a little town called Bethlehem. We sometimes forget that when God makes a promise, He always keeps it, no matter how long it takes. And no long, matter how long we have to wait. Boaz's name was forever made famous in the nation of Israel. But his name is less important than the name of his great descendant, Jesus. Jesus has the greatest name because it's in him that redemption is ultimately found. It's in him that all the sad things become untrue. And today... We celebrate the coming of a baby in Bethlehem. That baby would die when he was a man. He would die to make all the saddest things untrue. And God raised him from the dead so that he will live forever. This same Jesus, born of Boaz, in the town of Boaz, Bethlehem, will come again as the great king of not only Israel, 
but of all the world. And if our hearts believe in Him, and if we in our hearts treasure Him above everything else, then He will welcome us into the ultimate promised land where no one cries, no one gets sick, no one dies. We never run out of food. There are no enemies. And all the saddest things are made happy forever and ever. Let's pray.